Hello and welcome to the podcast, the new segment. I'm Marvin Lukuru here to keep you informed with the major happenings of the week. The week started with a lot of anxiety leading up to the release of the 2020 KCSE results and ended up with a high court ruling that posed reggae, leaving the dancers on the floor perturbed. However, as the rising temperature in the political scene is being felt, the weather is showing how cool it can be. The heavy rains have exposed Nairobi's poor drainage system. Okay, let's get into it. On Monday, Cabinet Secretary for Education George Magoha released the KCSE 2020 results, an exam done in a pandemic-disrupted calendar. A total of 747-161 candidates sat for the examinations and Simiyu Robinson Wanjala of Muranga High School emerged the best performer with a mean score of 87.334. Despite the challenges posed by the pandemic, the performance of KCSE 2020 was better than that of 2019. 19% had C+, and above, compared to 2019 which was about 18%, and 893 students scored airplane, which was an increase of 266 from 627 recorded in 2019. What a disaster! Kwa tukiingia tunakaa hatujaifunza kwa sababu hatuna watoto wakufunza. Watoto hawa wazazi wamesema hawawezi ingia kwa hii shule kwa sababu kuna maji, watoto atagonjeka. The meteorological department is now warning that due to the already high water levels in some rivers and other water retention areas, it is likely that the ongoing rains may cause flooding over floodplains and other areas which are not well drained. The department is warning that mudslides and landslides are also likely to occur in hilly areas. The Met says heavy rainfalls of more than 30 millimeters have been experienced across the country in the last few days. Following the night rains, most roads in Nairobi get flooded, exposing the poor drainage system in Nairobi. KPLC in a statement said that the recent flooding of its Nairobi West substation following heavy rains was the cause of blackouts in several parts of the city. So if you are living in parts of maybe South C, South B and you experienced, and you experienced blackouts, that was the reason. Now to some politics and... The High Court on Thursday evening declared the Building Bridges Initiative, BBI, illegal, null and void, dealing a death blow to President Huru Kenyatta and ODM party leader Raila Odinga's four years long efforts to change the constitution. The judgment pointed out multiple legal blunders that President Kenyatta committed in his desire for constitutional reforms. Other mistakes were committed by the Independent Electoral and Boundaries Commission IEBC. The court issued a permanent injunction against the IEBC stopping the electoral agency from organizing and conducting a referendum until proper voter registration and education is done. The High Court, in a judgment that was read virtually for five and a half hours, said the 14-member BBI task force and the steering committee led by former Garissa Senator Yusuf Haji, was an illegal entity as it was unknown to the law, saying that they respect the court's decision, but they do not agree with it. The judges did not prohibit the promoters, who are mainly myself, Juliet Mohamed, Dennis Waweru, Senator Janet Ongera, and Madam Sarah Kilemi, from pursuing the constitutional amendments. The, judge, the judges stopped the president, who is not a promoter of the bill. On our part, we assure Kenyans that we shall continue to promote the Constitutional Amendment Bill until it is ratified by Kenyans. 
we are setting up a legal team to look into and appeal the ruling. In the meantime, we are sure all Kenyans who believe in the BBI and it is promised not to give up. It is not over yet. Away from Kenya and I'm sure you have heard about the Israel and Palestine conflict that has so far led to more than 100 people dead after rockets were fired from both sides and buildings were collapsed. You might be wondering why the conflict escalated when we are in the 21st century and we have the United Nations, a body responsible for maintaining world peace. Well, I did a little digging to understand the history behind it. 3,000 years ago, there were these people called Jews and they lived in the land of Israel whose capital was Jerusalem. They were pretty different from most of, other, of their neighbors because they were monotheists and they had certain cultural practices which also marked them out. When the Roman Empire formed and uh, Christianity spread across the world, the Jews were kind of different from other religions and so they were discriminated because like Christians blamed them for killing Jesus. And Jews were being beaten around in Jerusalem so they broke apart. Jews started moving away from Jerusalem to other parts of the world. So you would hear of Jews settling in Ethiopia, in Africa, Middle East and other parts of the country. And it was okay for some, so for some time because the world had moved on apart from it. And when we came to the 19th century, nationalism became a thing. Nations were being formed and the Jews thought if we don't form a nation of our own people we'll be left behind so we have to go back to Jerusalem and by this time Jerusalem was not majorly Jews it was majorly Islam even it wasn't called Jerusalem it was Israel was becoming was Israel struck Palestine they decided to go back and where it all started and form their own nation so this coming back in the 20th century, 19th to 20th century, when there are already Islam are established in the region, because Islam started in Jerusalem. That's why the fight is going on. And uh, I might be a little vague about it, but you can do a research for your own and get to understand better. That makes the news for the week. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next Saturday. Same time, same place. This week we saw what I could call democracy in play as Wajia got a new governor and Kenya got her first woman chief justice. Right away into it and Justice Martha Kome was on Friday sworn in as the Chief Justice of the Republic of Kenya at State House in Nairobi. Kome was sworn in at a ceremony witnessed by President Uhuru Kenyatta and as he chose not to read the speech prepared for him, he expressed his pleasure to be the first president to swear in the first female CJ of Kenya. He also asked the CJ to do the right thing when it comes to delivering rulings, which kind of which kind of seemed he was hinting on the BBI ruling that he said to be presented before the Court of Appeal or the Supreme Court where Justice Kome is now the president. But well, maybe I might be reading too much into it, but have a listen and be the judge. Mine is only to wish you God's blessings. As you embark on your duties, we will pray for you. We know you will succeed. We are there to partner with you and to work with you as a executive branch of a government. We want to partner with you, we want to work together with you, and we pray for your success. Justice Ouko, 
both of you at least we talk from grassroots uko mmekuwa in the system kuna kukusomesha chochote fanya haki tu na sisi hatutakuwa na shida Mungu awabariki na walinde Asante sana Moving on Ahmed Ali Mukhtar was sworn in on Tuesday as the third governor of Wajia County replacing Mohamed Abdi Muhammad who was impeached for among other things being culpable of running down the healthcare system in the county thus compromising the right to health for the residents however the council of governors have come out to condemn the impeachment accusing the senate of being machinery being used in settling political scores also they argued that the reasons that governor Muhammad was impeached were the same reasons that Governor Iguru was not. Throwing the standard of proof and the threshold of impeachment matters and thus exposing the counties to political upheavals. It is in line with our constitution, it is provided for by the law, but the point is we must be careful with the kind of threshold that has been set. The display by politicians and their goons in the recent by elections left me and many Kenyans I presume worried on what is to come in the 2022 general elections before the announcement of the winner for the Juja member of parliament seat counting of votes was disrupted by goons and among them of all people governor James Nyoro who made it impossible for counting to proceed elsewhere and elsewhere in Bonchari claims of police intimidation marred the by elections as ODM said they found it hard to oversee the mini poll freely hata police kwa mzee governor wenu kwa sababu tu ya mambo ya kura wanakuta mzee wa heshima kama huyu senator ongeri anakunywa chai pale wanasema ni mkutano wa haramu my friend fred matiangi do not misuse your powers when the state has given you powers use them right do not campaign in a civil manner if to matters business Kenya's economy is set for a boost after the launch of the Lamu port. President Uhuru Kenyatta launched the Lamu port which is part of the Lapset project linking Kenya, South Sudan and Ethiopia. The president is also set to launch the refurbished meter gauge railway in Kisumu among other projects in the area accompanied by his handshake partner Raila Odinga next week. Away from Kenya, the United States has heeded to cries by needy countries and pledged to release 20 million doses of the COVID-19 vaccine. This comes after the US received a lot of criticism from other nations for extending the vaccination programs to school children yet many other nations don't have the vaccine. More vulnerable group are yet to receive their first dose of the vaccine. An update on the Israel-Palestine conflict. The 11-day exchange of fire finally came to an end with both sides agreeing to with both sides agreeing to a ceasefire. The Israeli army said more than 4300 rockets were fired towards the Jewish state by Hamas and Islamic Jihad, a faction also party to the ceasefire. More than 200 people including children lost their lives in the conflict. A clip of a young Palestinian girl frustrated by the effects of the war spoke volumes and touched the hearts of many. Have a listen. Kid. I don't even know what to do. 
I get scared, but not really that much. I get, I do anything for my people, but I don't know what to do. I'm just 10. I'm just 10. All of this, when I see it, I literally cry every day, saying to myself, why do we deserve this? Why, what did we do to this? My family said they just, they, they just hate us. They just don't like us because we are Muslims. Why does Muslims act for you like that? We're just, we're just, you see all of the kids around me? They're just kids. Why wouldn't you just send a missile to them and kill them? It's not fair. It's not fair. And finally, blue ticks are back. But not the ones you see on WhatsApp when your crush decides to ignore you. I'm talking about the Twitter verification badge. The social media app has decided to bring it back since 2017. But they have changed up the process. Twitter said on Thursday that it will begin rolling out a new process to apply for the coveted verification badges, which have been a status symbol on the internet since Twitter unveiled them in 2009. That brings us to the end of the stories that made news this week. Thank you for tuning in. Until next week. Goodbye.